Sorry, Nick. I was too busy at that age watching high, highly respected, very important Stephen King made for TV movies like The Langoliers. Oh. <laughs> Is that the plane and the parallel? No, yeah, it was just, the, yes. the plane flies into a With the things universe. that eat time. With the munchies. And, yes. yes. With the time munchies? With the time munchies. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> That'd be a great like weed snack in a sci-fi universe. You yes, know what I mean? time munchies. <laughs> Marty! Marty, I'm half-baked on time munchies. You're going to have to drive. Doc, I can't. God damn it, Marty. You're like 22 by now. Get your fucking license. <laughs> I can't because every time I have to try to take my driver's license, you show up and kidnap me and send me hurtling through time. <laughs> Speaking of time, it's time to begin the episode. <laughs> that is the best segue you have ever done. Yeah. It's the only one I've ever done. I know, and it's a low bar, too. <laughs> Welcome to the Song Topsy Report, everyone, where we dissect bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy music to figure out how it died. I'm your host, Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm neither of those other two, Steve Trollinger. It's <laughs> very true, Steve. Uh, guys, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Today is a very special episode of B-Sides, where we are going to be discussing, and we tried very, very hard to come up with the perfect name to describe what happens when musicians physically fight each other. And we failed. And we failed. We failed. We failed. But a few ones that were on the uh, short list were uh, Battle of the Blands. And we're going to add dramatic music in the background of all this. Uh, Actually, no, Steve, wait. Steve is going to be our announcer throughout this episode because this whole thing uh, will be structured as a wrestling match between all the parties involved. We're going to go over uh, three specific uh, musician brawls. But, uh, Steve, read a few of these that... (laughs) Made our very pathetic little shortlist. The Battle of the Blands. Rumble with Not Humble. Musician Mania. Petty Apocalypse. And Petty Apocalypse might be the most appropriate. <laughs> uh, but guys, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and if you have listened to us in the past, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. No, once again, besides, it's designed to address those topics, kind of fall between the cracks of what uh, our normal bread and butter is. And we just noticed in a lot of the musicians we've researched, they uh, have gotten involved in not just brawl, not not like Twitter feuds, or not like just you know typical celebrity nonsense, but physical altercations. That is what we are interested in today, or near physical. Yes. Sometimes involving direct content, other times using some sort of proxy, be it a musical instrument and or piece of fruit. (laughs) Uh, But the initial idea for this episode started with the first two subjects of Battle of the Blands slash Pettypocalypse slash other topics, uh, because these two musicians were recently in the news uh, about a month ago, I would say, for the specific brawl. But we have to have the proper introduction for this. So... To begin the first round of Pettypocalypse slash Battle of the Blands. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Battle of the Blands. Take it off, Steven. We're going to use sound effects, Mike. Jesus. It's still adding. (laughs) It's still enhancing. For our first bout in this corner... From Detroit, Michigan, weighing in at a combined weight of 510 pounds, they are the Big Money Hustlers, 
the Juggalo Juggernauts, the Fago Forerunners, Violent J, and Shaggy Two Dope, the Insane Clown Posse! And a whole bunch of listeners. Ah, yeah. And in the other corner, from Jacksonville, Florida, weighing in at 172 pounds, the ne'er-do-well of new metal, the master of lyrical larceny, William Frederick Durst. Yes, yeah, so this was back in October. There was a concert going on in which uh, Limp Bizkit and Insane Clown Posse were both performing, and really perfect dual co-headliners for a concert, I believe. Was that it? Was that at uh, Cave and Rock? Was that for the... Uh... This was at the Rock Allegiance Festival. No? Okay, it wasn't at uh, ba- uh, Juggalo Fest. What the hell is it called? The uh, Gathering, Gathering of the Juggalos. Of the Juggalos. So it's yes. the most literally named festival ever. I kept trying to put a fancy spin on it. I should have known better. <laughs> this feud is interesting because I- I've done my due diligence on researching how this brawl began, and I couldn't find anything explaining what led up to it. And even afterwards, what the aftermath was. But we're <laughs> okay. gonna thanks, Nick. Moving on, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna play. A li- I'm gonna play a little bit of what the audience goers saw at this concert. So you're gonna hear a little bit of Limp Bizkit performing. We're a- sorry. Yes, we we do apologize. <laughs> oh, this is exciting. The first, the very first brawl is two Song Topsy alumni together. Oh, they are. You know, it's, it's they grow up so fast. <laughs> they really do. Makes you a proud parent. Uh, and we're going to pause right when the WWE moment kicks in. Literally. Oh! <laughs> and it was right there. Well, what do you call him? What kind of pussy is I don't think we really need to specify the I believe adjective. he said, what a pussy couldn't even pull it off. Now, you might be wondering... <laughs> what Nick, the hell happened? Yes, what couldn't he pull off exactly? We are listening to this show, idiots. Not We have no video in front of us. What are you trying to do? You should look up the video, though. So, Fred Durst is finishing up one song as he is sing, singing, quote-unquote, his last note. Um, Shaggy Too Dope, one half of the Insane Clown Posse, runs up behind Fred Durst and does a flying leap kick a jump kick into it's a drop his, kick. It's called drop a drop kick. kick. Dro- he kicks him in a very <laughs> extravagant way. With both legs. With both <laughs> legs, technically aiming for his head. But he literally did it in a way where he had no forward momentum. So it just kind of very gently, you can see, like, brushed against his head. And then Shaggy 2 Dope falls straight to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is really... It, I, I'm, I'm ashamed, really. Because the, he's technically speaking... A professional wrestler. Yes, he they has, have found. They yeah. have done their own wrestling league. They are, the t- in addition to being quote musicians end quote, they are also <laughs> a tag team in their own wrestling organization that they developed. They're so they're such huge wrestling fans that once they got a modicum of fame, they're like, okay, now we can now we can go after our true dream, which is to be professional wrestlers. Now that we've gotten semi famous through music, I'm gonna guess that just like the WWE, then that the uh, you know, insane clown posse wrestling is is fake because he no, literally no, didn't work out the timing of this this drop kick to actually hit somebody. No, what's funny is that because they're complete idiots, they don't do fake stuff. They actually try to hurt each other. Oh. 
because they're Wait, for real. Well, I mean, yes <laughs> and no. They end up hurting themselves. Yeah, yes and no. Because they can't do any moves properly. That's like when you jump off the top turnbuckle and the guy has rolled out of the way like five seconds before they're, you yeah, can jump. <laughs> you know, like. their, their organization is patterned after a backyard wrestling sort of league that they and their friends had. And backyard wrestling there is, is dumb and people get hurt all the time because they're not professionals and they just actually try to hit each other. As a, uh, as a youth who loved... Um, fighting on trampolines with friends. I'm sure we've all been through that, where you're jumping and you start punching and kicking, trying to knock the other one off the trampoline, right? So It's a pivotal part of Mike's childhood. <laughs> Steve's just looking at me like... Yeah, Steve, you know, when you're jumping up and down and punching people. <laughs> yeah, I It's like fighting on the moon. <laughs> yeah. I tended to enjoy trampolines for the pure uh, sake of uh, weightlessness yes. and uh, the airtime I got. I didn't have to add stuff to it. Now the only airtime Steve gets is from the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, that that sour face. <laughs> Steve, we can go on a trampoline again. I don't want to go on your trampoline. You can drop kick me like Shaggy too dope. As in he misses and lands right on his ass. Okay, now in turn now I'm gonna go into what uh they each had to say after the fact, but Here's what happens immediately after, and it's important to play it because I'll spoil it a little. Insane Clown Posse tried to say that this was a joke and that everyone was in on it, but this is uh, what Fred Durst had to say immediately after. It's one guy. Calm down, it's one guy. Security is holding Shaggy 2 Dope down, who is thrashing around on the ground and trying to get back up. Wait. Let's have some more fun. These motherfuckers are ready to party now, I feel it. And Fred Durst, ever the consummate professional, goes right on with the concert. It takes a lot of just pure mainline stupidity to make Fred Durst look like the reasoned intelligent re- The reasoned classy person yeah. in any situation. You just look at what he's wearing. Now, you said yes. that the Insane Clown Posse claimed everyone was in on it and it was just a stunt. Yeah, they're, can... they're a publicist. Um, uh, uh, sue you real good. Um, <laughs> sue you. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. That was their attorney. That was... That was their attorney. I'm sorry. <laughs> a violent Jay who spoke to the Orange County Register. Now, for two days, though, after this happened, there was, like, no information on either side about what actually happened. And what Violent 2J said, according to, once again, Orange County Register, quote, uh, Shaggy was just having fun and didn't mean to hurt Durst, quote, well, you know, just wild style, Violent J says. Fred Durst is a friend of ours. You know what I mean? Things look so crazy when they get all into the newswire. He obviously threw it as a fake thing, he continues. Quote, if he actually wanted to hit him, I don't think he would have thrown a pro wrestling dropkick. It probably would have looked a lot more serious and ruthless. Which I love. It's like, obviously it was fake because he would have really hurt Fred Durst if he really (laughs) wanted to kick him. Uh, But in the aftermath of the event, event, uh, Limp Bizkit's uh, DJ Lethal... 
I don't think that's his real name, though, uh, had stated that he was previously a fan of ICP before telling Shaggy, quote, bro, step up, man to man, no sucker stage rushing, quote, I'm going to get on TMZ, which will actually come up later. <laughs> uh, he also called him a, quote, bitch made G, a, quote, whack bro. A bitch made G? Big, a bitch made G. I don't know what a that means. Bitch made it doesn't G. sound good though. <laughs> a bitch made gangsta? Is I, that what's is that what's going on? Because when you that old... almost sounds like a compliment though. Yeah, it's like I, I used to be a bitch, and now I've been made into a gangster. Yes. What? Bitch is evolving. Da 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 dun dun. Bitch evolved into bitch made G. <laughs> he also called him a quote whack bro who quote just got whack and a quote bitch ass clout chaser. How come there was no clown? You know, yeah. uh, names. You, I don't get it. It's right there. <laughs> it's like, it's right on their faces. I mean, come on. Yes, it's literally written on their faces. Also, uh, in the event in question, he uh, rushed the stage without his makeup. That way, he could be in disguise. <laughs> hey, only- is that Violent J for the same clown posse? I don't think so. He doesn't look like a stupid clown. <laughs> it can't be them. That's how they end up robbing a bank. <laughs> well, uh, DNA and fingerprint analysis prove that it was the two members of the Insane Clown Posse, but the f- security footage clearly shows two individuals without stupid clown makeup on, so it's po- it can't possibly be them. But no, in keeping with the Battle of the Blands theme, as the beef escalated, quote, an unlikely peacemaker has emerged in the form of wrestling legend the Iron Sheik. He weighed in on this. I'm not doing the Iron Sheik impression. Are you sure? I'm sure. Because I have the quotes right no, here. No, I'm not doing Wait, it. Wait, come on. You know no, I, I, it's been a long time since I've heard him speak, so I wouldn't even... All I would probably end up doing is something super racist, so no. <laughs> oh, what what, 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 I didn't, what ethnicity is the uh, Iron Sheik? Middle Eastern, yes. He is... Well, it's pro wrestling, and he's a character from the 80s, so it's possible that he could be from, like, fucking Milwaukee. <laughs> And then he's just been this character for 40 years, so he doesn't know how to, what it's else per- to He be. speaks in permanent broken English now. Oh, my God. But what he said on Twitter was, and quote, all, and this is all in caps, the shaggy two dope, spelled T-O-O, the shaggy two dope, you are a good man, but your drop kick is fucking drizzling shit, <laughs> Sheik wrote on Twitter. Damn. Also, he uh, he added DJ Lethal and said, quote, Also, DJ Lethal, is my brother. I don't like to see my brothers fight, Baba. And then DJ Lethal replied on Instagram, Ha 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 ha. Thank you, Mr. Iron Cheek, for making a funny situation even funnier. Truce, we don't need any more violence in these times. There are bigger issues in this world. Peace and love. Which is hilarious. That came from DJ Lethal. DJ Lethal. Type. DJ Lethal is all about the peace and love. Hey, come on now, everyone. Let's calm down. Let's calm down. Things are getting too excited. Everyone's a little too excitable, a little too much coffee. Let's all, let's all sit around, hold hands, and have a reasoned discussion with a lot of deep, diaphragmatic breathing. So speaks DJ Lethal. <laughs> I can, I can see it's D- like papyrus font and the poster, and there's like a little waterfall in the background. DJ Lethal. I want to go to like a DJ Lethal's yoga class where we can all simmer down and be, become one. Followed by Iron Sheik's <laughs> yoga class. <laughs> uh, the Iron Sheik has never done yoga in his life. <laughs> I can tell you that. I, I bet he he's can more, barely he's, bend over. He's more of a Pilates man. Uh, but essentially, that is all the information that we know about this mysterious brawl. Like. 
so to, to my weird. knowledge, Fred Durst has not like said, "Oh, we're all good and everything," and nobody has explained how it was an inside joke. And I don't know. I, I'm curious to see if this escalates into the future. Well, here's what I'm wondering: How? I mean, did he crowd surf up to the front of the stage to get up there? Did because he they said he was that, backstage and he ran, ran so out he from was, the side. He was backstage. So yes. when you get backstage, it's because like this, they were friends of Dirt's, right? Well, they were both performing in the same concert, so I think like a lot of the groups were all in the backstage oh. area together. I I can believe just because based on the interviews I've heard with the Insane Clown Posse and having the backyard wrestling that they have, these guys seem like you're running the mill. Idiots. Rough, rough, but like rough, roughhousing, but kind spirited roughhousing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'd believe it. I'd believe maybe they were trying to like surprise him, catch him off guard. I don't think he was trying to like really fun, like kick him off the stage. There are so many better effective wrestling moves to do on someone. Like he could have chop blocked him the back of his the back of his knee, just like dove head first, forearm out into the back Steve of his knee. Steve is demonstrating right now. So it's called a chop block, and then he would have flipped backwards. It could have seriously injured his leg. Well, I, that's the thing. He's not trying to injure him, you know? He's trying to get his attention or freak him, just, just spook him. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> why, yeah why? I was going to say, there's better ways of getting someone's attention than trying to drop kick them. <laughs> have you ever drop kicked somebody? No. I dragon kicked somebody once. What is a dragon kick? It's where... Uh, <laughs> Uh, at least I think it's called a dragon kick. It's where <laughs> it's a it move might, of my own. It might, even be, it might even be a freaking bird move, but let's just go with a dragon kick because they're kind of birds. They're like lizard birds. Okay. <laughs> In any case, so uh, yeah, it was a hockey team, right? There was this hockey team that came to my friend's apartment. Long story short, I like I drank some vodka. They had some mean things to say about someone that was there. I didn't like it, and um, <laughs> I so I dragon kicked one of these guys. He falls backwards, and then the hockey team threw me through a glass door, right? And Ooh, then, a new story. <laughs> yo, and, dude, and all hell breaks loose. All, and then, oh, my, my poor friend, she's, like, yelling at the whole hockey team now, and the hockey team gets thrown out, but not before, like, beating the hell out of the owner of the house. You antagonized a <laughs> hockey team? No. You antagonized the one sports team that revels in violence? <laughs> Random punishing violence? I don't know. Have you seen ping now, pong players? Now, <laughs> now here's what's funny, and this and this is funny because of like I had the same injury I had after the window incident. It seems with shattered glass. I had a little cut behind my ear, but aside from that, I woke up fine. My friend, my friend Jean woke me up by slapping the shit out of me in the face because she was kind of mad about what happened last night. I can night. understand. But I wake up and I'm, I feel great. You know, anytime I wake up and I feel wonderful after a long night, something terrible happened. Okay, so I wake up and I and I look and the guy, her roommate, the guy who owns the house, was trying to keep everything, <laughs> trying to keep everything calm. Like he comes in and his whole face is blue, and I'm just like, oh god, poor man. Blue is in like out they, of breath. Oh, like he got punched the shit oh, out. Oh, of his like face. bruised, like, black okay. and blue, like two black eyes, man. But I'll say, I, I only, it wasn't instigating the hockey team to get them to, you know, it was because I think they were saying mean stuff about him. I didn't like it. I didn't like it, man. We to, still haven't answered what the hell a, a fucking oh, a dragon, dragon kick, kick is. So that's where I jump up, right? Okay. Like this. Yeah. Which kind of looks like a crane. Kind of looks yeah. like a crane. But then when you jump up yeah. and then you kick out. Oh, actually, it might be from the karate kid. Yeah, it's <laughs> called a crane kick. The crane it's kick. It's from yeah. the karate kid. That's what I've been trying to lead you to discover this whole time. But does he, does he jump? Oh, I guess he does jump. Yeah. 
No, oh, yeah, man. I you cr- didn't come up with that. It's no. I'm the karate but kid. I crank but he brought it into the real world, Steve. I crank-kicked that hockey player from the one living room into the other living room. Or I guess it was more of the dining room area. Is it, is it beer, where the beer pond table is? Would that be a dining room? In your house, <laughs> in, maybe. In but. most sophisticated <laughs> homes, yes. All right, so hang on. So you're saying a drop kick is not a good way to get someone's attention? Was that right, Steve? I don't know anymore. <laughs> well, here's I do have a follow-up question. Would you argue throwing a shoe at someone is a good way to get someone's attention? <laughs> it, worked because, on, it worked on a president once. <laughs> we, we haven't seen a move like that since 2008. Because we're, we we have round two to go into, but before we get into that, uh, we need so to... So fucking... Oh, oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> I had one thing I wanted to say. I was going to have a whole fucking line about it, and then Steve goes, oh, yeah, just like that time that she was thrown <laughs> fucking at the president with no fucking joke whatsoever. Just fucking waste, <laughs> wasting material. Nice. <laughs> now, go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh. you, know, you know we can edit, right? I don't care. Cut that part. It's, and all, do- it's all fucked. <laughs> no. It's gone. This is our first live episode. I was good, man. When the shoot throw happens, I want... Well, I was going to say, before we get into that, oh, we need to declare a winner of round one. Between the Insane Clown Posse and Limp Bizkit, who won this round? I mean, I think hands down Limp Bizkit wins this round. I mean... I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with the uh, the AVP tagline of whoever wins, wins we, we lose. lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, so it's def- two two and a half votes. Definitely, yeah, definitely Limp Bizkit, especially when you know Shaggy Two Dubs flopping on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> like a fish out of water, like, like a clown out of the circus, like a clownfish, like a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Finding Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as those two opponents just keep stabbing, leave, just keep stabbing. Okay, okay. As those two opponents leave the wrestling ring, we are now issued in with two new opponents. And who are they? In this corner, from New York City, weighing in at 145 pounds, that intimate Instagram influencer. The Bronx Bombshell. I am not gonna say her real name because I don't know how to pronounce it. Cardi B! And in the other corner. Fashion Nova! Fashion Nova! Weighing in at 137 pounds. The Queen Barbie with the capricious colored crown. The tenacious terror from Trinidad, Nikki Minaj. Yeah, yeah. Anaconda, baby. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> All right, so yes, here we were with uh, we had Nikki Minaj and Cardi B. Uh, so most recently, or the, when this this feud has kind of been in the works since like summer of 2017 okay and it's all been very kind of passive aggressive tweet slapping of each other and these little lines and videos and their and their and their music i like uh, that term tweet slap i've never tweet. heard that before <laughs> but and it's all what's what's been bothering me is you know i've been cause as i try to research this feud everything that the listeners of the music and and uh, you know the fans of the artists that are trying to figure out if this feud's going on, it keeps getting dismissed 
by Cardi and by Minaj. So this has been going on since like March of 2017 where people are like, yo, is something going on? Is something going on? Word on the street. Was it was it started by them or by other people being assholes? It was I think it was started by hey. other people being assholes. Hey, you guys want to have a fight? You guys are like the you guys are like in the same business and do the same type of music. You guys should fight. You guys should hate each other. Move. <laughs> so so let's um oh, I don't know if I wanna just show what happened at the gala at Fashion Week. Okay. Let's just let's show this and then we can go over the timeline here. So Yeah, there's a lengthy video um that you can find on YouTube. There's a, there's a few, most of them are TMZ, but it's it's this gala where the actual physical altercation broke out. Here's just a little bit of audio from it. It sounds like she's saying something about, like, say sh- some shit about my daughter again. Say some shit about my daughter again. That's say some Cardi sh- B to Nicki Minaj. Cardi B to Nicki Minaj. Now, so according to Cardi B, Nicki Minaj was saying uh, how she was, like, uh, not fit to be a mother and had a lot of negative things to say about her and Offset's child culture with a K. It's a fun fun name. The child's name is Culture? Culture with a K, with a K yeah. I was gonna say if 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 I didn't know anything about popular music, that sentence would have made no that would have made no sense. I to don't me. know anything about popular music, and that sentence didn't make any sense yes. to me. It was Cardi like an, it was an ab- offsets kid culture. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it was a string of nonsense words. <laughs> it really is. It's uh, but um, she was. So here, why don't you uh, read this quote right here? This is this is what Cardi B had to say about it. Oh wait, what character am I? What you're gonna be, Nicki Minaj? I'm Nicki. Okay. All right, this is a direct quote from uh, Cardi B, and I will do my best to um, embody it. I've let a lot of shit slide. I let you sneak diss me. I let you lie on me. I let you attempt to stop my bags. Fuck up the way I eat. Okay. Uh, You've threatened other artists in the industry, told them if they work with me, you'll stop fucking with them. I let you talk big shit about me. I addressed you once in person. I addressed you a second time in person. And every time you copped the play. Two exclamation points. So that's like the most serious point she's made so far. But when you mention my child, you choose to like comments about me as a mother. Making comments about my abilities to take care of my daughter is when all bets are fucking off. Two exclamation points again. So that's that's equally as important. Priority one uh, points there, yeah. I've worked too hard. I think too hard. I've worked too hard and come too far to let anybody fuck with my success. Four goddamn exclamation points after that. Whoa! Bitches talk all that shit in they raps, but in real life, they pussy. This shit really is for entertainment. It's an interesting final line, but... Yeah. Here's what I will say, though. Mm. I, I... Without... Knowing as much of the backstory, which I'm sure you'll shed some light on, I would just say in a bubble, talking about someone's newborn child, that crosses a line. You you say that? Yes, I think I think absolutely. As soon as kids are brought in, it's like, phew. especially right. your newborn baby, because Cardi B, I know, just had this child. So, and I think you're right. I think you're right, Nick. And I think Nicki Minaj was aware of this, um, and whether she, I know this. Uh, it was, I think the fans of Cardi B found that Nicki Minaj did like the tweets that were coming at Cardi B. Did like them. 
But as far as saying anything, that's what Nicki Minaj has to say. It's like a... Ah, yes. A rebuttal <laughs> from one Miss Nicki Minaj. I just want people to know that Onika Tanya Mirage has never, will never, speak ill on anyone's child. I am not a clown. That's clown shit. <laughs> Shaggy Too Dope couldn't say that. <laughs> a touch, a touch, I do declare. I added that last part. <laughs> now just imagine. Fie, a pox on both your houses. You know, if what Nicki Minaj says is true about being a clown, that'd be funny. That's just Shaggy Too Dope and uh, Violent J. She just... gets arrested for the bank robbery that they did. <laughs> I'm not a clown! I'm not a clown! <laughs> Neither were the bank robbers. That's how we know. <laughs> Our anaconda don't want none unless you got bail, hun. <laughs> the anaconda, of course, here representing law and order. Lady Justice's anaconda. So, uh... <laughs> if I've understood the metaphor... Which I believe I have. I think the metaphor has slithered away. So, so that to me is what really must have sparked it. Aside from that, but beforehand, it was all just little petty shit about, you know, certain lyrics and songs that could be misconstrued to mean about anybody. And they would always claim it was about somebody else. But clearly something was brewing, and it's not sure whether or not. Nicki Minaj at one point did say... Um, she called her out. She called out Cardi B for she needs to uh, have thicker skin and not let things get under her so much. That's a fat joke. Yeah. <laughs> so Nicki Minaj had this to say back when in... Um, yeah, when was this? This was in August um, on her on her own Queen Radio show. Ooh. And people kept asking, oh, what's going on with Cardi B? What's going on? What's going on? And then so to address it... Nicki Minaj says, Quoth, can we please move on? She groaned. I didn't know Cardi and I had an issue. To me, she may have taken an issue with things that I've said, but I'm not going to bite my tongue. You've got to have thick skin. People talk shit about me all the time. I don't go around and tell people to stop Posting me because I see one bad thing about myself. You can't be expected to be liked and loved and praised all the fucking time. Give me a break. You coming into the wrong game if you want people to kiss your ass and suck your dick all day. My word I can't say. <laughs> Thus endeth the lesson. Wait, Steve, sorry. Was that Nicki Minaj or was that an FDR fireside chat? I don't know. They could have been either or. If you wanted like. me to do that, I could have. That wasn't my FDR voice. I, I mean, I was equally inspired, though. Oh, but it's Can we please move on from this? So after this interview, Nicki Minaj, though following Cardi B on all social media, blocks her. <gasps> Cardi B calls her out immediately. The fans pointed out, like, oh, look at this. Nicki Minaj is blocking. So then this, and this was back in, you know. In Nicki Minaj's defense, though, if every time. I never want to hear that sentence said at this table ever again. I apologize, but 
if every time I like unfriended someone on Facebook, it became like national news. <laughs> Could you imagine? So that I sympathize in that in that sense. It does suck that your privacy and your abilities to kind of like arrange how you're like following yes, people. Yes, how you're visible. It's completely seen by and shouted out by commented everyone. On, yeah. Commented on, yeah. Um. So yeah, so so then at the gala after the you know the liking of her stuff is when the shoe throw happens. Yes, the audio that we were the audio we were watching. So to your knowledge, was this just, did Cardi B just approach Nicki Minaj and start screaming at her? Well, it's funny. So she, oh, you got something? No, no. Uh, I was, so if I was just falling asleep, please continue. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> so, so. Uh, so what happens is uh, she had actually approached her at an event uh, at the the Met Gala. The Met Gala, yes, thank you. The You're Met because this was Fashion Week at the Met Gala about a month before. See, I can pay attention. And they had a reasonable conversation. Nothing happened. So then, at this one was after the kid stuff mm. or the or the alleged. Yes. But the likes that did happen. Okay. And then the likes she, in question. She approached her, started freaking out. Now here's the thing: Cardi B shows up with two friends. Okay. That to, bitch. To, to How Nick, dare she have friends? But up to Nicki Minaj's 10 security guards. You know? So what you're saying is Nicki doesn't have friends. No, it sounds like a fair fight. She has employees. Two of, Nikki, two of Cardi B's friends equal 10 of Nicki Minaj's security guards. <laughs> I, I really don't think... Th- I don't think those numbers add up, guys. I don't know. I think she was uh, she was the underdog in this fight. Many groins were needed uh, that day, gentlemen. <laughs> many, many a groin. Um, the battlefield was littered with the <laughs> black-suited bodies of dozens of security personnel. Uh, uh, their hands cupping their tender loins. As, as the creep of pain slowly made its way up to their small intestines. You ever get? Uh, that's the feeling you get. Oh, man, you hate it, right? I've never been kneed in the groin You've before. never been kneed in the groin? No, don't get me wrong. I've accidentally hit myself in the groin several times, but I've never been full But that was for an acting exercise. Yeah. I've never been... I needed to cry. Uh, I've never been... <laughs> <laughs> I've never been full force kneed in the groin before, no. So, uh, so Cardi B does give this shoe throw, something we haven't seen the likes of since uh, Muntahadar al-Zaidi threw his shoe at George Bush back in 2008. hey Which we may have already heard. I don't know. But <laughs> you, you had the information. I know. <laughs> I haven't seen a shoe throw like that since then. So, uh, but uh, the shoe misses, hits one of the bodyguards instead, doesn't hit Nicki Minaj, and then Cardi B is escorted, and I think gets a few elbows in by the, by the people. And they take her out of the place. Um, and then <laughs> Nikki comes out saying, throwing mad shade how... Uh, the As opposed only, to mad shoes. The only, re- <laughs> the only reason she's getting anywhere is because she uh, does mad payola. Yeah. In any case, at the end of the day, um, I feel, based on the Instagram followership... Uh, yeah, how do they compare? Because that's all that matters now. Yeah. I have it right here. It's... Uh, Versus, so Cardi B with her thirty-five million uh, is pretty small in comparison to the ninety-five million of Nicki Minaj. Yeah, but Nicki Minaj has been around for a little bit longer. Truth, but uh, and that's what makes her kind of the uh, 
the old elder wisdom bitch in this dogfight. Uh, elder <laughs> wisdom bitch. Coming soon to Street Fighter V. I was going to say, it's my D&D character. <laughs> what class do you roll, Nick? Elder wisdom bitch. Okay. Um, so... Uh, what do you got? What do you, I have my opinions on the winner of this just because the shoe mist hit the wrong person. The Instagram followership is such a huge divide. And uh, Cardi B? Uh, At the end of the day, you get nothing but page likes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Throwing shoes at some host doesn't buy any bread. Throw our children back at home. I want you to keep going. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> hey, quick, improvise a quick, musical Quick, parent. say something with culture's name and a culture's name. <laughs> the children back at home, and the parents gave them stupid names. So your vote is for Nicki Minaj. Uh, I think Nicki Minaj won, is, is won this feud, is winning. I, I think Steve might have be the tiebreaker, because I, I think I'm going to have to go with Cardi. You're going with Cardi. I yeah. think Cardi has righteous fury on her side. And mm. even if she is the underdog now, I think that she could emerge past. Also because we are overdue to have Nicki Minaj covered on our podcast. Oh, yes, absolutely. I am not going to be the tiebreaker because the all, all I can say is the real loser of this fight is women. <laughs> if you... Look, both of these women, Cardi B a little bit more recently, both of these women have made a lot of headway in, in the news and in the entertainment industry as glass ceiling breakers. These women who have uh, risen to prominent positions in their industry, they have a lot of steam behind them. They've got power. They've broken through that glass yes. ceiling of, of hip-hop, this male-dominated culture of hip-hop. Cardi B was a stripper this, four years ago. Yeah, this, this um, not only male-dominated, but also this conception of what women are capable of and how they are, uh, in, especially in the genre of music that they are in, how they comport themselves. And if you're going to go with that, you can't go around. If you're going, if you're going to try to embody or or take advantage of this positivity, you can't go around in public embodying the most negative stereotypes people have about you. But see, they're fighting in the petty apocalypse. It's just, it's you do no favors to the people that you claim to represent. But I believe. <laughs> So, okay, so that was actually a tie then. We have one yeah, for one, and then everyone loses once again. Wow. First everyone lost, <laughs> then just women. <laughs> then just women. <laughs> Which is also, I guess, a step in the right direction. But we have one last celebrity musician battle, and it's the, and it's, it's, it's the longest gestating one. But uh, uh, That's yes. right. Ladies and gentlemen, for our final battle in this corner... Weighing in at 165 pounds, from Manchester, England, the savage siren of champagne supernova, the loutish limey, Liam Gallagher! And in this corner, weighing in at 150 pounds, also from Manchester, England, that barbaric bastard of Britpop, the <laughs> fireball of Wonderwall, Noel Gallagher! Ah! Ah, ladies love him. <laughs> the ladies love his style. So, gentlemen, we've Play just... my G-string! Oh, God. 
Okay, we've been discussing... No, I brought a violin! We've been discussing feuds for however long this has been going on. Um, but nothing can multiply the vitriol of a good music feud like sibling rivalry. Ooh, since so, the dawn of time. Since, since the dawn of time. <laughs> People who were born to the same parents have sought to eliminate each other. Um, Just a regular Cain and Abel. Yeah. Bowing each other out for those teats in the beginning. Or, you know, uh, to Nick's point, a favor from God and then you don't get it and God sets your lamb on fire or something. Shit happens. Shit happens. Oh, yeah. Um, So for those of you who don't know, uh, Liam and Noel Gallagher are the uh, respectively lead singer backup and then lead singer for Liam, backup singer and chief songwriter for Noel of the Brit pop group Oasis. Yes. Who we all know from the two songs that I already just mentioned uh, yes. in the initial initial set. Wonderwall yeah. and Now, I'm not a big music guy. I don't follow a lot of music industry stuff, but those I'm who, on a music podcast still. Exactly. Uh, those who do know the long-standing feud between these two Hard-headed, arrogant, egotistical, egomaniacal, <laughs> maniacal uh, Englishman. Um, their their feud starts way, way back in their childhood. Uh, in the first, like in the or sometime in the 1970s, the feud begins. Neither of them can kind of remember how it started, but uh, one of the stories that is often told in the um, uh, uh, Liam reveals uh, during one of their one of their fights began when. He comes home, and you're going to find out that you're going to find out that uh, one one of the brothers is a little bit more of an instigator than the other one. Liam comes home one night, pissed drunk. Specifically, he says, "One night I came in, one night I come in pissed, and I couldn't find the light switch, so I pissed all over Noel's new stereo." <laughs> oh, I think it basically boils down to that. Um, so that's, that's, I think the furthest back they can remember, that's, that's a story Liam likes to tell about what he thinks started the whole, the whole thing of them just sort of dead straight hating each other. <laughs> he came and pissed, uh, as a person oh, I can't find a fucking light switch, I just pee wherever I go, I guess. You know, I feel bad because as a, as a man who's, who's urinated, urinated on everything, uh, well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I don't, there's not always malintent. Sometimes you just... Get confused about what's a toilet and what's a you know an oven, okay? Like, <laughs> wait, you peed in an oven? <laughs> yeah, I even oh, I'm so, I'm sorry. I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was implied. I, I just had I just had to enunciate it out loud. Just, okay, they but, were you know it was a, it was a uh, a pearl white oven, okay, similar to that of the pearl white toilet. It just okay, and you just. You took a left instead of a right. Next thing you know, you're in the kitchen at the bathroom. It's, I think it's... Yes, every time I, I've shut the lid of the toilet seat, I, it's had a handle that's on the ground, and I lift it up, and I shut the toilet seat that way. And then I set it to 350 to flush. <laughs> Thank God I didn't do that. I could have burned the house down. Just hot pee. <laughs> <for> smell <laughs> for me. <laughs> Why does my casserole smell like a subway station? <laughs> <laughs> Why does my casserole smell like 96th Street? Why can't you just be the a power duo, power brothers? Well, I don't know. I kind of feel like um, ha- having your brother piss on something that you own is quite literally the way that animals in the animal kingdom show dominance over each other. <laughs> so that probably had a psychological At the most effect. primal level. Yeah, that peeing probably... on your brother's stereo. Noel should have pissed on his like Xbox or something. 
Well, first of all, this was in the seventies. Oh, seventies! Oh, yeah. Jesus! So that was <laughs> should have. Oh, pissed. that's how long. Like, like when they were yeah. like little kids. Yeah, should have pissed on his Atari. Well, not when they were little kids because he came in pissed drunk. <laughs> so it's like in his. <laughs> was teen, he was a teenager. He could have been eleven. He was a teenager. He was a teenager. So, so, well, ap- so ap- after, so that's that's you know in a way back machine. After that, Oasis is formed. They were both in separate bands. I think uh, Noel was the one who said who started Oasis. Uh, started Oasis said Liam, come come sing in my band. You know you're you're great, and so they they got together uh, after they debuted around 1994. They you know almost instant hit in the UK, and then once they did that, they came to the US to try to do what the Beatles did. You know, try to conquer the US, uh, but it didn't really go as planned. They had a gig at the Whiskey A Go Go, which is this club in Los Angeles that is famous in the yes, music industry for people overdosing and dying. Oh. <laughs> Just. All the it's, it's just that's just what you do when you go to the whiskey a go go. Um, I will say this: Liam and Noel did not do the dying part, but they certainly did the other part uh, because the band, the most of the band, I don't know if it was the whole band, but the two of them definitely high on crystal meth. Oh Jesus! Put on a horrible set, like a le- like it's legendary how terrible this like barely played any music like. Started and stopped, forgot lyrics, mumbled through the ones they remembered. Truly terrible. And it got so bad that uh, uh, Liam Liam quit in the middle of the set, stormed off stage, but then came back to hurl a tambourine at the back of Noel's head. And then Mr. walked off stage. Man. Yeah, exactly. Smashed <laughs> in the back of the head with a tambourine. <laughs> then he walks off stage and then quits the group. And he, the, so Oasis is done as a band for roughly a month. And then they get back together. Oh. This kind of breakup makeup cycle will continue over the course of the next like 20 years. You know what? You know what makes me happy about that is that it's a cycle. The makeup comes in, you know? Right. Up until a point. <laughs> oh, so oh, sh- a year later... Oh. A year later, a, 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 a joke album is released in the UK called Wibbling Rivalry. Now, it's a portmanteau of sibling, and uh, I think the word is wibble or wibbling. It's, it's, a, it's an English colloquialism meaning like a, an unnecessary fight, like arguing over nothing, that kind of thing. Like you're having, yeah. a, you're having a wibble. Having a bit of a wibble. Um, so uh, this... Uh, this track was released, which was essentially wasn't even a song. It's just an interview the two of them gave with this magazine that descended into 14 minutes of them bitching at each other and swearing up a storm. I have a little clip set up. Ooh. They to set it up a bit. They're talking about how essentially the plot line of their relationship is Liam's a bit of an asshole. Noel keeps calling him on it. Liam hates the fact that he keeps calling him on it because Noel can be an asshole too. <laughs> so, so this is audio from that interview. Yeah, so this is audio from that interview. The thing about getting thrown off ferries, blah, 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 getting deported, is something that I'm not, I'm not proud about. Because... Well, I am now. Yeah, all right, well, if you're... Right, well, if you're, pr- right, well, if you're proud about getting thrown off ferries, then why don't you go and support West Ham? Get the fuck out of my band and go be a football hooligan, right? Because we're musicians, right? We're You're football only hooligans. Because he was in bed fucking. No, I'm not at all. Listen. No, listen. He says, right? Here's a quote for you from my manager, Marcus Russell, right? He's a fucking other fucking. Shut up, you dick, right? He gets off the ferry after getting fucking deported. I'm left in Amsterdam with my dick out like a fucking spare prick at a fucking wedding. Shut up! Shut up! 
right? He gets off the ferry. Marcus says, "What are you fucking doing? You know what the fuck's going on?" Wonderful, magical, wonderful. What are you doing all that? He says, right? Yeah. These lot think it's rock and roll to get thrown off a ferry. No, to get shut up. These lot think it's rock and roll <laughs> to get thrown off. Shut, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> These lot think. And we're going to have to say this fact, are you going to shut up? So shut up occurs several dozen more times. Um, <laughs> shut the fuck up, uh, an occasional variance. So that's that was a Manchester just, accent. That was, I guess, that Thrown was... off the fetish. That was one, that was one minute. There's 14 minutes of this, and it's just more of what that. What is the interviewer uh, doing? He's just sort of... He's, Awkwardly shuffling his papers, well, no, avoiding eye he, contact. No, because he was kind of like Jerry Springer a little bit. Oh. He was like, oh, what about that time you guys got thrown off the ferry and, and Liam got deported because... You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's so this is classic. I mean, I don't know if you and your brother ever do this, but I mean, especially my older brothers, like it's classic where they call each other out on stuff and maybe one did something that was bad or the other one does. But, you know, they try to put all like the entire situation that was crazy. They try to put it all on the other one mm. and saying, you know, while, well, you know, preaching you know, sainthood and honesty or, um, you know, innocence, yeah. <laughs> peace, <laughs> peace and innocence. When in a way they're, they're both one and the same and, and are, can be equal guilty parties, you know? Yeah. And I love <laughs> hearing this because it's like, <laughs> I know Noel is trying to act all innocent, but that man, he was involved. And you know why? Because if they were getting in a fight on the ferry, he immediately went to his brother's defense and probably did just as much damage. Yeah. Uh yeah, they're not nobody's hands is nobody hands is, hands are clean in this. <laughs> but one person is definitely more is, is definitely more up their own ass about it than the other one <laughs> yeah. uh, as we discover going on. Uh so year later, Waterwall comes out, huge freaking hit in the US and the UK. So they come back to the US and try to do it all again, right? Fails just as miserably as it did the first time. Uh, because they were due to record MTV Unplugged. We all remember M yep. MTV Unplugged. Oh, yeah. Um, Liam claimed a bout of laryngitis, and he couldn't perform, so Noel had to go on and perform instead. However, that didn't prevent Liam from sitting in the audience during the entire set and heckle Noel live on television <laughs> while chain-smoking and guzzling beer. <laughs> I Yo, don't have any that's... audio of it, but I'm sure you can go try Worst to find. Worst band ever. Yeah, I'm sure you can go find the clip. Of... Oh, you suck! <laughs> Love you, bro. <laughs> so they think you think the band's gonna break up, but they don't. They patch it together for a little while. A uh, couple years later, um, Noel quits again in 2000. Um, they got into a fight in which Liam uh, questioned the legitimacy of Noel's daughter. Uh, no. Yes, and so wow. no. Everything we covered prior, those were battles. Whoa. This wow. is a war. Yeah. This is a this is like a multi-year war. So years war. so Noel quit the quit the tour they were on, and then told uh, a British magazine later that I've never I've never forgiven him because he's never apologized. But he rejoins the band a year later for more tour dates. That was I gotta say. A, Liam stepped over a line, but the fact there's a line even there. That's the same line that Cardi B had <laughs> yeah. when the when kids the get kids, involved. Don't talk about my daughter. Don't talk about my kids. And then, but then Maybe Fred Durst said something about Shaggy 2 Dope's daughter. Now, but here's the thing. In my opinion, if Noel was 100% convinced that there was no chance it couldn't be, I don't think 
it certainly must be something Ooh. he's self-conscious Ooh, about. Ooh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. That's thinking. what I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, listen, I just I wrestle. <laughs> you you wouldn't because if you knew and you're like, oh fuck you, bro. Like I but if you're like, I'm quitting the band, you can't say stuff like that. Yeah. Why 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 is it digging why is it digging into you so bad, bro? What's going on? <laughs> So that, I, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna, so as as they um, continue on slouching toward Bethlehem, um, they uh, they they start they're just picking at each other. They're just like you know like a, a, a dying creature in the sea, and then the little parasites come up and just just pick at it, just pick at yeah. it here or there. Um, like at a certain point, uh, Noel uh, told an interviewer doing it in the press at the time because it was like 2005. Twitter wasn't a thing yet, and I bring this up for a reason. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, he, he basically, Noel said, I basically had to work psychology on him to get him to do what I wanted because I could read him like a fucking book. Um, so it's like, I can, he specifically said, I can read him and I can fucking play him like a slightly disused arcade game. Uh, he, he then revealed that he used to mess with him during tour. Liam is afraid of ghosts. So <laughs> Noel would move furniture around the room after <laughs> Liam leaves. And when he comes back, he would say, what the fuck is having all the furniture? And he was like, oh, I heard a fucking story about this place, right, mate? This place is fucking haunted as shite. <laughs> Just to get little kicks in, little here or there. Oh, that's so good. They play on each other's, <laughs> like, <laughs> vulnerabilities, man. It's messed up. So in 2009... <laughs> The final nail in the coffin. Noel quits for good. For and good. the uh, dispute that led to this, after all this other shit we talked about, you think, what could they possibly do to each other? Um, the fight started over fashion. As fashion. all fights wow. do. Um, Jesus. So apparently Liam at that point had started his own fashion line, his own clothing line. Oh, uh, and he wanted to advertise it during the shows. Uh, and Noel was against it because he was, I'm all about fucking music, that kind of that kind of stuff. Uh, he's like, I didn't want to be selling gear to our fans, you know. Uh, and they had a big fight about it, and it went back and forth. And then he finally gave up. He's like, all right, fucking whatever. If you want to advertise on the program, how much? Let's talk about how much you want to do it. And then it just goes downhill from there. Um, they, uh, uh, it got it got to point it was quite violent. At what point there was any phys- there hadn't been any physical violence. But it was a bit like, you know, wrestling. They, the, this fight sort of just slowly escalated. And uh, Noel specifically says he was like, Liam was like the macho man Randy Savage. Uh, and he oh, was, yeah. exactly. Oh, he oh, said, yeah. and he was like, oh, yeah, and oh, yeah, and had that thing going on. It's like, fucking hell, and I'll never forget. And I'm looking at Andy, who's sitting there constantly, how many, you know, uh, and I'm like, fucking hell, you know what I mean? And Liam kindly does the fuck you and fuck you and fuck you, and he storms out of the dressing room. And I'm glad it never ended like this. And on the way out, he picked up a plum and he threw it across the dressing room and smashed it against the wall. And part of me wishes that it did end like that because it would have been a fucking great headline. Yeah. But it didn't. He leaves, goes out of the dressing room, goes into his dressing room, this is Liam, comes back with a guitar and starts wielding it around the room like a battle axe swinging it over his head almost smashing it into several people oh jesus uh, oh my god he he's swinging the guitar around he almost took and this is an old again almost took my face off with it and it ended up smashed into the floor and i put it out of its fucking misery 
<laughs> and then I said, well, look, I mean, there were people who were in the band looking the other way. It wasn't even a big dressing room. And I was like, you know what? I'm fucking out of here. And at that point, someone and, and at that point, someone came in and said, five minutes. <laughs> I kind of just got in the car and sat there. And for five minutes, I just said, fuck it. I can't do it anymore. I drove away. And that was the end of Oasis as as it was known at that time. Wow. Um, so tambourine, plum, guitar. You know, it's like both of those siblings are an oasis in a desert of sibling rivalry. <laughs> Today uh, is going to be the day that I'm going to fucking punch your face. <laughs> no, those lyrics won't work. No. It's just how I feel. So that, that was the big row that ended the band. The fight has continued since then. It's going on 25, 26 years now. Now, what social media platform could it have possibly because taken place on? Because Liam, who we have discussed as the instigator so far in a lot of these rows, Liam discovers a little social media platform known as Twitter and takes to it like a duck to, I don't know, some sort of asshole water. <laughs> D- duck to asshole water. <laughs> Um, he's just hurling out tweets that don't make any sense. At one point, he he sends out a tweet. Uh, he sends out a picture of Noel, and then underneath a caption that just says "potato." <laughs> he never, he never. Oh, he'll get it. Yeah, he'll get he'll, it. He fucking knows, he fucking knows what it means. Um, and then he just for like the for like a half a year, he just tweets about how Noel's a potato. Nobody knows why or just potato. Just... Yeah, knows a fucking potato, and he fucking knows it. You know what his favorite childhood game was? Hot Potato. <laughs> or, or his his favorite what? toy growing up? Mr. Potato Head. And then, so his Liam, favorite snack? Tater Tots. <laughs> after that, Liam told an interviewer, lots of people says I need to chill out about Noel. Not until they stop Twitter. That cunt will always get it from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Noel's response to that was, I guess he was about him staying relevant. If you're him, what else is there to tweet about? <gasps> Ooh, Man, jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, so a couple of things uh, after the terrorist attack at the Ariana Grande concert yes. in Manchester. Oh, I, I remember this. Yeah, Liam makes a surprise appearance and then uh, calls his brother a sad fuck for not showing up, even though it was like he just shows up. He just showed up to do it. It wasn't even planned, and he was like, "You know, he's a f- sad fuck. My brother can't even be here." <gasps> but come on, this was the charity concert. <laughs> yeah. To to honor those who died, and he makes it about himself and his stupid brother. Um, they got called out on that. A lot yeah. of people said, "Grow the fuck up." So now Liam's Twitter fans have seen him, have seen that he has he's done this potato thing. So now his fans start showing up at Noel's concerts and hurling potato peelers at the stage. <laughs> yes. So he can't do a single concert without someone showing. Sh- Hurling a fucking potato peeler at his face from the darkness of the of the of the audience. They should name for his face, but that's pretty. But they should funny. throw it on the stage. <laughs> I think they should keep. <laughs> Watch as potato doesn't actually mean anything and never did, and this is just some goddamn chaos magic to just get fans to throw potato peelers. It makes no sense. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. And then at one point, uh, Liam makes a joke. A recurring joke on Twitter about, oh, I'm gonna fucking recruit a fan to run up on stage and peel a potato on stage in front of fucking Noel. It's gonna be so fucking hilarious. It's a joke until one of his fans actually does it. 
and runs up on stage during a concert with a potato and a peeler and starts trying and to peel potatoes. And gets murdered by gets Noel. murdered by security. <laughs> oh, my uh, And then Liam tweets out the next day, to the peeler who peeled his little heart out last night, you, my friend, are truly out there psychedelic. <laughs> Come on, that's pretty freaking funny. That's oh, funny, man. Um, how much more is there? <laughs> so I'm going to end it with this. I'm going to end it with this. I'm going to end it with a quote. Um, after all of this, after all this, the final, the final nail in this, um, people just ask, you know, Noel's like, what are you going to do about your brother? He's like, first of all, this just reinforces the fact that I'll never fucking be on stage with that fucking cunt ever fucking again. <laughs> and then the final nail in this, he says, he, uh, uh, and I quote, Twitter is the fucking play, uh, Twitter is the playground of fucking idiots. Quite literally, I put the pair of them, meaning Liam Gallagher and Donald Trump, in a driverless car so they crash into we fuck each other. <laughs> but the fight continues. <laughs> that's that's oh, the button. But th let this... it be known, this fight hasn't ended yet, folks. It's 30 years. So we can't declare a winner? We can't yeah, declare a this, winner yet. This fight will never end no. until... Until one of them's dead. even after they like, I I don't know who dies first, but like I just feel like there's gonna be like a Huckleberry finish like prank, like one oh. like one one of their caskets opens up and just potatoes fall out or something. <laughs> so right that now, would be so dark. Oh, I knew he was a potato. Look at him. <laughs> so now oh, I we, robbed his body. <laughs> now we have two human beings. Who are who have used Twitter to incite their fans to do things? One of them is drunk ass Liam Gallagher. The other's the fucking president of the United States. Who's the sad fuck now? Is it all of us? I think so. Wow, what an inspirational note to end on. <laughs> oh, but us uh, thus ends the. Thus ends the Battle of the Blands, the Petty Apocalypse, Musician Mania, Rumble with Not Humble. Yay! Yay! Well, potatoes. I think we certainly learned that we're all the losers the here. The thriller in no filler. <laughs> Uh, but that is about it for this episode of B-Sides, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this. You are going to have a hell of an edit. Boy, oh boy, will I. But hey, at least I'm not one of the Gallaghers. Yeah, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can listen to us on, obviously, the platform you're listening to us on now. But in addition, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, amongst many others. And you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Brigadier. And you should also give a listen to the other Dapper Devil Productions podcasts, including uh, Chris Tries to Review Wine and The Thing That Happened This Week. Check them both out. And uh, Mr. Mike Russell. Yeah, that's right. You can see my stuff at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR. Or on my Instagram at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR.dot. And uh, yeah, like Nick said, please give us a listen and send us uh, your song suggestions for bad, bizarre, noteworthy music to uh, our email at the report at gmail.com. And uh, that was a mouthful. <laughs> that was. <laughs> well, I do want to actually say on that note, we've actually recently gotten some oh. very great listener submissions and we will be doing another listener submission episode two uh, very soon. So we apologize if you sent us something a while ago and we haven't done it, but it is coming. Woo. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, and also, uh, why not send us uh, what artists you'd like to see feuding next 
or what vegetable you use to insult your siblings. Or what kind of perfect world you'd like to exist in where none of this shit happens and everyone does, like, the best that they possibly can with their lives. Well, that's never going to happen, Steve. Uh, but where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've sufficiently promoted Twitter uh, and Instagram, which is, I think, at this point, everyone's preferred social media website. Um, uh, uh, at uh, Your Man Trollo. Right. On those two. Thank yes. Uh, all right. And on that note, guys, thank you so much for listening. I am Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm so glad I'm an only child. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Take care. I thought you were going to say, and I'm your Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs>